All right, welcome to the podcast. I'm Jose. I'm Jesse. And this is the Intergalactic Neanderthals podcast. Uh, today, we're going to talk about our best job, our worst job, and whether we'd like to go back or if there is one job we'd like to go back to. Go ahead. I've had a lot of jobs. I'm, I'm like my brother. I'm, I'm, I've, I don't know how many jobs I've had. I've probably had over 50. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> because in my industry, you kind of jump around a lot. Yeah. Um, but probably one of the coolest jobs I've ever had was when I worked for the Gator Trapper. We talked about that before. Yeah. Uh, when I was 16 or 17. Um, it was pretty cool. I was real big into hunting at that time. And, you know, that's pretty much my whole life was hunting so that worked out real good but um a job that i could probably go back to would probably be armed security just because oh, it, yeah? was, it yeah. was um easy <laughs> and it was cool got to carry a gun all day long you know what i mean uh yeah. worked in the air conditioner basically just watched net netflix and youtube all day long um just shot not- the crap with people all day long um and there's nothing wrong with watching youtube all day and uh talking about that please uh like comment and subscribe yeah i know it's a horrible shame plug but <laughs> yeah. um which we got some subscribers we we appreciate it we got a lot of views um i mean we're a small channel right now but we appreciate every view and like and keep commenting because this uh episode actually came from one of my friends uh jc up in um in virginia west virginia and he's uh the story i got pretty much comes from this one from a good job but bad boss so it was i guess it'd be a bad job but yeah um but yeah no uh please uh share the the youtube We've got a website up that's going to be in the description and um yeah we're excited so like comment and subscribe and uh did, these are coming from you so um then i'll be keep going so uh, armed security because i think the last episode or one of the last episodes it says that um at one point you were just done and you knew you were done so yeah, you quit, I but... just got bored. I got back to where I want. I always go back to welding. That's always been my yeah. my safe job that I can always do. And I was like, you know, man, I want to get back out there on the grind, get to <laughs> welding again. You know, you start watching YouTube videos, people yeah. of welds, and being on Facebook and seeing people's welds. Like, Psh, I can do that. You know what I mean? Like, what am I doing in here? You know? Yeah. And I just got bored. I just hit a, a, a spot with it where I was bored, and it was gonna, it was never gonna grow to be anything else. You know. So I just wanted to, like I said, got back into welding, working on stuff, man, mechanic kind of stuff, you know. Um, but now when I'm out, you know, in 115 degree heat and getting burned and, you know, for 10 hours a day, an hour and a half away from the house, you know, I'm like, yeah. God, I wish I was back in that, yeah. that you know, reclining chair watching YouTube all day long, yeah. you know, taking people's names down, you know, like, oh, here's your Chinese order, <laughs> you know, yeah. come to the front desk and get it, you know, so. Um, so that was your, I'd say your, that was one of your best jobs, your yeah. better jobs. Another cool job I had, I built motorcycles for, um, I think we talked about this too, for a big, uh, motorcycle dealership. They originally from, are from out West in Arizona. I think it's where they were stationed right riding out power sports. I don't know if they're still in business or not. Um, but we worked at a big warehouse that supplied all the motorcycles and four wheelers and everything to the stores. They had six stores here in Florida. 
And so we, you know, assembled all the stuff. They were, most of them were pretty much built all the way, but, you know, some of them was, you had to build a lot of it. Yeah. Um, that was another cool job. Um, but it kind of ran its course too. I got a real problem with getting bored with stuff. And when I get bored with it, I'm done with it. You know what I mean? And then I'll be away from it for two or three years and then I'll come back to it, you know, be like starting all over again, you know? So, but the good part about it is, is I picked up a lot of trades that I can always fall back on as I'm going, you know what I mean? So that's, uh, bad bosses. Uh, man, I, where do you even begin? (laughs) You know, like I said, when you had over 50 jobs, I've never, I can say this, I've never been fired from a job. I've been real close to being fired, but I've actually never been fired from a job. been laid off and other stuff like that, you know, just for, uh, not a termination, but just, you know, lack, you know, them just laying employees yeah. off or whatever. But that's about it. Yeah. Like I said, I, you know, had a pretty good bunch of careers, but never set the world on fire really. But, you know. Till now. I'm an average Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my best job, um, I'd probably say the, the current one, because uh, we are going through this, the, the pandemic, you right. know, um, and I still got a job. I'm still working. We switched to working from home. So pretty happy with that. Um, I've also, I, I worked in dealership. So right out of high school, um, I, I went to work in a dealership or at a shop, but then I switched to a dealership with a friend of mine and it was a luxury car, a Mercedes Benz. So I went straight to top tier and I know that people say that, you know, Bugattis and all that, but, um, Mercedes is a, a luxury car. Um, and then I, 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 the, when I started there, I started parking cars out of the car wash, and it was in Virginia, Arlington, Virginia. My first day at work was September 10th, 2001. Um, so to my Tuesday, that was Monday, Tuesday, September 11th, and uh, the Pentagon was like a mile and a half down the street. So we got on the roofs, we saw it and everything, and it looked it looked fake. It looked like CG. It just we couldn't believe it. But so that's where I started. That was uh, that's when I knew that um, I wasn't going to go to school. I was going to work. Cut to a few years later, I was like, I want to go to school because I want to be out there. I want to be working outside. I don't I don't want to be in a, in a parts room. I don't want to be, you know, uh, cramped up in a room all day, which is dumb. But so yeah. I started doing um, a vocational school for being an electrician. And then I, uh, I uh, got laid off. I think that was the first time I got laid off and I was really scared. And then now you could lay me off and I'd be fine. But yeah. I got laid off and uh, that was actually my best boss was the one that laid me off. We were friends. We worked out together, hung out a lot. And then one day he brought me in and said, Every, you know, you're not doing enough. Everything's wrong. So he fired me. But um, so I didn't have a job, but I had um, I was already pretty much an electrician apprentice. Mm-hmm. I was at that level and there was a company hiring and they were, they were heating an AC. Took it. Um, some people say I shouldn't have, but. It was okay. You know, I took it. I had a friend of mine working there with me and we worked, we were working, you know, 16 to 18 hour days for a year and a half straight. Um, I think either he left first or I left first and I went to another company. Um, and I, I pretty much got lied to and, uh, it was a small mom and pop shop and they, they, they sure have hired somebody at my level that, that needs the pay. They should have had more of an apprentice and then for him to train them. But um, I left there and I went to this company, which I'm not going to say the name because he sues everybody. And it was a big company in in Virginia and and in Maryland, I think, and in parts of D.C. And that's where I met my friend J.C. at. And uh, actually, I didn't meet him there. Um, he worked there, too, but he worked there after. So I worked for this company. 
and it was okay. I only, I literally only worked her 90 days, like exactly 90. And that was the worst job because the guy that hired me was a, a real drug addict, like a real drug addict. Um, and he forgot everything he promised me. He forgot the pay he promised me. He forgot everything. So after 90 days, like on the 90th day, I said, Hey, uh, you didn't give me the pay I wanted. And now you're saying you can't get it to me. And I needed to go to school for this tr uh, for this extra course. And you said you were going to give it to me, and then you lied. So I put the keys in the gas cap, and I said, "Pick up your van. I'm done." All right? Um, I switched to another company, and it was a primarily a plumbing company that said, "Hey, why don't we try HVAC?" Right. And that's where I come in. And I th I think by the time I started, they had already been doing it for like a year or something. Um. So that's where I met my friend uh, JC at. He uh, had worked at the other company together and he left for similar reasons. And uh, I think he, he might've gone back once or twice, but same thing. It's just a company that was, they don't care about people. But this company was awesome because our boss was younger than us. And uh, it, it's okay if they know what they're doing. Like if, they're, if they really know, if they're, you know, if they, they're, you know, five years younger than you but they know what they're doing and they have the experience they, they've been doing it since they were kids they grew up in it but this guy really wasn't like that he he knew a lot but um i felt like i had more knowledge than him and then when i realized how he got the position which was more of a everybody else said no and he took it you know and then um i was like well you know, you're only my manager because like you were, you're the only guy that said yes <laughs> out of the list that they had left. Cause other than you, there was nobody else. And I knew somebody else that they had called him to, to give him his job to go, Hey, the guy we have, isn't that good. So that guy called me, he was a friend of church. He goes, how's that company that you're working for? And I said, I don't like it. Yeah. I, I want to work here. So he didn't take it. He actually asked for a ton of more money so that they couldn't, you know, give him the money. So he wouldn't look like the bad guy, but, um, yeah, so we're working at this job, and you could call him up and go, hey, what do you do when this and this, a TXV valve is doing this? And he'd give you an answer that you're like, oh, okay. And, you know, well, if I do that, I'm on fire. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, the house explodes. Um, so it was that. It was that. He really believed in the company. He really believed in the mottos. He really took the job seriously, but... <laughs> We got those. We call them company men. Yeah. I'm a real company man. <laughs> yeah. And I felt bad because I found out after I left uh, like a year or two that they let him go. I was like, you let go of the only guy that believed in you guys. <laughs> yeah. Like you're going to hire somebody else that probably knows how to do the job. But the first time you get him mad, he's going to quit. Right. He's just going to leave because he knows you could get something better. But um, he wasn't the worst boss I had, but that was the worst company I worked for. Like when I left, they did an exit interview and I've never had an exit interview. I've always put in my two weeks. I tell you to go home. You know, like, you can go home now. Like, okay. And uh, and they called me and goes, what would you change about the company if you got won the lottery and you bought it? What would you change? And I said, every single thing. <laughs> like, yeah. I would change the uh, GM. I would change the the, the marketing strategy, uh, strategy. I would change the, uh, the, the price per hour, you know, labor rate how much markup there is. I would change the way you mark up the price on the plumbers. Like I, I like every single thing about this company, I'd change it and I'd fire a lot of the office. And this is one of the office guys talking and goes, Oh really? I, I guess like his answer here was got was like, Oh, I get more money for the text or something, but Put I more Doritos. In the yeah. yeah, yeah. And I gave <laughs> yeah. him the answer. He, like, I just said every single thing about this company. I changed, <laughs> yeah. you know, like if I wanted, but, um, that was the worst one. 
the job I'd probably go back to, and I, I think about it, and everybody that's worked at a dealership that has left always wants to go back because it was a ton of fun. I mean, th- yeah. there's there's always going to be a couple of drunks, drug addicts. You know, there's always somebody sleeping with some cashier, you know, some manager. It's it's like the, the best sitcom in the world. But then you hate the hours. Anytime you want a vacation, that's always the worst time of the year. You could go literally when the company's going out of business and go, hey, I'm going to take a week vacation. And they go, it's our busiest time of the year. Like anytime, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. um, you, you have to quit to get a raise and you always get the raise the last day. Like, hey, I'm giving you three weeks and I want this much more money, which is a typical raise. They'll say, oh, there's no money. We're running out of, you know, we're barely making it. That last Friday at 1030, hey, how about I give you this much? It's okay. Well, let me call the company I was going to go to to quit. Yeah. But it's it's that. So that's the thing. Like, I think about it now. It's like, man, I, I miss working at a dealership um, because when I was at a dealership, I wanted to be out there as a tech. I wanted to be either uh, either uh, electrician or HVAC. But then when I did that, I was like, why am I at 100 degree temperatures busy or in two degree temperature busy? Like, why am I cr- going in crawl spaces? Why am I in attics? And I was like, I need to go back to a dealership. And I did. I went, ended up going back. And then I, uh, from there, I got the job I'm at now. But it, it always gets back in your head. It's like, maybe I could go back yeah. to, to that sitcom that I used to work at. Yeah, you're like, yeah. you know what? I didn't really have it that bad. And yeah, I remember sitting yeah. there and, and thinking, yeah. you know what? I hate this job so much. I would do anything to have something else. And then you yeah. get that something else. You're like, my God, I'd love to go back to that <laughs> yeah. thing I just left. Why was I trash yeah. talking that, you know? Yeah. And uh, I mean... Geez, uh, I've had nightmares of waking up and working at a dealer or at that company with that boss. Yeah. You know, you know what up. nightmare I have a lot? <laughs> and I guess it's because I really didn't earn it now that I think about it. But I have a dream and that it I'm at this age and that the school calls and says that I didn't earn my diploma and I got to come back and take re- retake courses at high school. <laughs> and like all of my graduating class and all my friends, we all go back there and, you know, everybody's ordering pizzas and their kids are in there running around and they're drinking beer and... <laughs> In the desk, you know what I mean. They're they're just doing whatever. People are smoking cigarettes in the classroom, and they're like, you know, well, you got you got to do this class. We're like, whatever, lady. I don't even care about that diploma, you know. And it, yeah. I have that reoccurring nightmare all the time, and I'm like, because I hated school, I absolutely uh, hate school. Yeah, okay. And I'm like, so now I think about it, I'm like, you know, I really didn't earn that thing, so that's probably why it comes back yeah. to haunt me, you know. And um, you yeah, know, like I said, I, now I think about it, I'm like, God, I'd go back to high school for anything right yeah. now. You know what I mean? I I do all my half two classes in the first two years and then pretty much screw off, which I really that's kind of what I really. Yeah, did, and but. it's always the um, where you're like, oh man, if I could go back and if I know if I if I knew then whatever I know if I was back then I knew what I know now back then. Yeah, I was like, but it'd be different. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, it, yeah. You you'd peak in high school and then you'd be the person that peaks in high school and they're yeah. absolutely nothing. Like right as gra- as graduation ends, they're like, well, I'm done in life, you know. Yeah. And you look at them now and they're nothing. Um, but same way with a job. I, I've woken up uh, working at a dealer. I quit this place though. Why am I here? And then if the, your boss shows up around ten to three, it was the average. <laughs> yeah. My last, the last dealer, he'd show up around ten o'clock to two thirty, you know. And then some days he'd show up really early and like, oh, uh, he he doesn't know where he's at. He's high right now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he'd show up and uh, he'd go to he'd go to lunch around twelve thirty or one, and he'd call us around four. Oh, I drove home. When do you guys have to close up? We figured. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've been gone for three hours. Um, a lot of covering up for him. There was uh, one time the GM came up 
And uh, he goes, hey, where's your boss? I was like, well, I, don't, I have no idea. He was like, how often does he do this? Like, not enough to get fired. <laughs> yeah. You know, you cover for the guy. <laughs> um, I mean, one time the GM walked behind him and he was on the work computer looking up hookers in the area. Because <laughs> he had no problem. He had no problem with drugs, alcohol, and hookers. And, and, uh, and he looked it up at work. And um, little tangent here. When um, Trump, uh, the first term, when they, or when he was running for the first term, and they uh, right at the end, right before the election, they came out with the uh, the grabber by the part, you mm-hmm. know, thing, and everybody's acting like they were shocked, you know, especially Hollywood. Hollywood's so stupid, you know, acting like there's like that's shocking. Yeah, and I was like, I've heard worse at a dealer. Like when he said, <laughs> oh, yeah. when he's like, that's locker room talk. It's like, well, that's locker room talk. That's dealership talk. Yeah. That's sales floor talk. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Yeah. He's Hang right. A bunch of iron workers and see how yeah. innocent you are after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I told him, I was like, I've heard worse from coworkers that are married and their wife works like one department over and they're trying to hook up with the, you know, barely 18 year old cashier. Yeah. You know? And yeah. It's like, I've heard worse. Like, yeah, he's right. Like that. It, it was, it was just one guy starts and the other guy has to one up them. And oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, but again, but the thing is, is girls, they talk, they talk like that yeah. too. When they get alone, yeah. <laughs> they act like they're everybody's yeah. little princess, but yeah. No. yeah, they get out there and they're, you were like, my God, yeah. <laughs> Don't try to kiss me with that mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we go back to um I'd go back and work there. Oh yeah. yeah. When yeah, I worked like, at, yeah, when yeah. I worked at Regal in Lakeland, um it was the same way. It was like you said like a sitcom. My uh I don't know if he was shop foreman, he was my supervisor, manager, whatever. He was the head mechanic in the entire shop. And um he actually lived right down the road from me. Um but funny guy and like whenever we would have waiters like a 30 minute waiter oil change you know you go get the car do the oil change the 177 point inspection that nobody does you know do that kind of thing and then you got to get it to the lot porter where they can take it to the uh detail shop and get it out in 30 minutes well that's very hard to do because most of the time the lot porter buries the car way back in there and you got to get it out get it set up all that stuff you know and but he when he would bring the work orders in from the um what do they call the advisors out? Um, service advisors? Service advisors, yeah. yeah. He he would bring the um, the report or whatever, or the work order for it, and he would always scream, like, that that area had, like, mechanics on both sides of the shop, and then there was, a like, a wall, and it had a couple windows in it, and then mm-hmm. that was the Honda side, and everything on this side was the GM and the Lube, yeah. fast Lube stuff, and he would always... Uh, He'd get the work orders and he'd put them in the shelf, and all, everybody had their nicknames, and or he would call them out by their uh, last name or whatever, and he'd scream. And like one of the guys' last name was Miller, so he would be like Miller time, waiter, and you know he would always say waiter at the end of it. That way yeah. you could stop whatever you were working on and come get that, yeah. and hurry up and do it, you know. And they, I don't remember what kind of like system they had, how you know you got paid a certain amount per one or whatever, and all that kind of stuff, and. But uh, the guy uh, Miller was working on a Honda, and I don't remember what he was doing, but it was just fighting him for like days and days and days, and he was just screaming and hollering over there. And uh, my manager come over there, and he was like Miller time, and you hear him go what? He screams that was the thing, and like this long pause goes through the whole shop. Everybody was like, oh my god, he just screamed at Doug like that, yeah. you know? And he goes, waiter. <laughs> Like real quietness, everybody busted out laughing because like you could tell it truly hurt his feelings. Yeah. You know what I mean? But 
you're like you're right. It's it's always there's always some kind of scam going on. There's always some kind yeah. of drama. You know, the yeah. detail guys are smoking weed out there or whatever. You know, and <laughs> yeah. they're smoking weed, and the GM walks up and he smokes weed with him, and then, <laughs> yeah. or he takes yeah. it. He goes, "This is trash. You don't need to have this." And then yeah. smokes it on the way home. Yeah. The the only I mean the the, the worst thing I ever saw was. Um, one of the guys in the body shop, because the dealer had, they also had a body shop in house. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, it, it's, I don't know if it's, it's fraud, but another thing that happens to dealerships, they don't hold on. Um, so what he was doing was some of the parts that they were uh, replacing, he would fix them. Right. And then he'd sell the part because, you know, the insurance would buy a hood. Mm. But then he would fix the hood, sell the hood on the side, give some money to the part, to the, uh, the body tech. And they had this scam. So he had that scam with um, every uh, bay, I guess, in the in the shop had it. It was a crew, mm-hmm. so it was normally like two or three bays was one crew, and they all had one little supervisor, foreman, or whatever, because it was their personal crew. So it was almost like it was sublets, right? And uh, he had a scam with each one of them. Whether it was um, every car gets a um, a blend. I mean, you have. I mean, if you paint something, you got to blend it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, they would uh, blend it and then, or they would paint it. Then he'd, uh, he'd detail the car. And then he was like, hey, on the blending, um, we need to blend more than just the door, the fender to the door. We got to do the back door, you know. So they'd always find something. And eventually they cut on with a part um, with one guy because the insurance guy, the estimator, I I guess he must have suspected him. And he waited outside long enough, had a, a, a telescopic lens, and then caught him pretty much. So they fired him. And that's something with like dealerships where they'll fire you and, but not like, uh, uh, they won't press charges for something like theft, um, drugs and stuff like that. Cause then I guess it's, you got to do the whole process. You got to do lawyers, you got to do all that. But then if somebody else calls for a, a reference, you have to tell them specifically what happened. But then the other side is that now if you get fired from a job, let's say you were stealing and they didn't uh, press charges, they can't say why they fired you. They could just say, we just let him go. Right. Like, so then that's why people would jump from dealer to dealer to dealer uh, to dealer. Yeah. And it was the same way in HVAC. Like I worked with people where, it, and you're a welder, so you know this, where every welder probably has their own methods and stuff. And no matter what you do on your job, they're always like, you're doing it wrong. You got to do it this way. Mm-hmm. All techs are like that. All parts guys are like that. Heating and AC techs, plumbers, everybody's like that. Um, in HVAC, it was bad. There was guys doing really bad stuff and um, leaving, like uh, bypassing sensors because they're like, the this these unit's been running for you know almost a hundred years without sensors. Why do we need sensors now? Like, well, you can't bypass a safety sensor. It's like, well, nobody knows it was me. Mm-hmm. You know, if I show up to a job and I and I get there and I see the sensors bypass. It's up to me to fix it. Or I could just go, oh, sensors bypass. But if I know that we've been coming to the house for five years and it's us, I have to fix it for free because I can't go, hey, who was the last guy here? Because then they'll just say it was you guys. You. Mm-hmm. It's always you. It was you. So um, that that happened in HVAC a lot where, uh, especially the older guys, they're like, if you hold the line and it's a cold as a cold beer, you know you have a refrigerant in there. And then there was me who was like, well, no, you got to add it slowly. You got to like get the right measurement. You got to calculate the extra length and you got to calculate. And it's like, ah, you don't need all that math. You know, like, well, the way you're doing it, you're going to kill the unit. And they're like, well, yeah. And I blame them for killing it. And then I sell them a new one. (laughs) And that happens a lot. Uh, That's That's what I hated about working at the dealership was the upselling. 
the service yeah. advisors always wanted you to upsell. Sell, yeah. sell this lady an air filter and all this other stuff on her brand new Regal that's got 800 miles on it. I'm like, yeah. no. Yeah. Well, I, that's how I make my living. I'm like, well, yeah. I don't care. I'm not doing it. You know, yeah. that, was, that was the worst part about it. You know? yeah. And the funny thing is, like I said, I'll go back. If I had to, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I'll go yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah. above or below anything anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing about when we were talking about the dealerships was, um, uh, I'm trying to think of when I worked. It was like 2003, four-ish, somewhere around in there, but it was when the GTOs first came back. Oh, yeah. And we got like the first one in Florida or first one in the area, Central Florida or whatever, um, and it was a red one. And part of my job was I had to PDI cars, you know, get them off the... They would unload them off the trucks, brand new ones. We would go through, make sure everything works on the yeah. light, turn signals, you know, all the fluids were topped off and everything. Then we would send it detail. They would detail it, put it on the lot. We had to go through like a pretty vigorous checklist of it whenever we were slow. And I got to PDI it. And we had to actually take it for a test drive, go put fuel in it and all that stuff, you know. And um, I don't remember how fast it was. I mean, it was quick, but I was kind of, things looks like a Chevy Cavalier with a different front end on it, you know. And yeah. like, it, but it's got a, I think they had five sevens in when they first came out or whatever. And uh, two of the techs that had been there a long time, mechanics, they got in it and they weren't supposed to be driving it. And it was insurance reasons. And they had to do like a background check and all for that or whatever. And like I said, this is the first one, first one in central Florida. It might've been the state of Florida. I don't remember, but it was like very, very rare. And they took it out down 33 and we're doing like 140 in it. And he lost control of it and totaled it. And they got hurt really bad. Yeah. And one of the guys that was with him, he looked just like Dave Chappelle. He's funny like Dave Chappelle and everything. I'll never forget it. And the other guy was like, I don't remember where he was from. He was from like Russia or Croatia or something like that. But he had like a real strong accent. His name was like Drago or something like that. Or, you know, and it messed him up pretty bad when they crashed his car. And like, I think they got a taxi or one of the other mechanics went and picked him up. And they just come back and they're like, why are you guys all beat up? And they're like, oh, well, we had a little accident. And I'm like, okay. Well, and then they, they they were just like totally trying to hide it that yeah. they stole this GTO and totaled it on the side of 30 or 33. You know? And today you can sue the dealer. Even, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah and yeah, you'll yeah. win. You'll get money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and my dealer, um, it was Mercedes. So most of the cars were expensive. And right. they, they told, listen, I think the way the owner said it one time, he goes, I could afford 18 good lawyers. You could probably get a free one free one. Like, I'm going to win, but don't wreck these cars. Don't drive them fast. They're not your car. Yeah. Because you could get a Mercedes with almost, you know, back then it was like six, 700 horsepower in a little right. C-class. But the the only one where somebody got close was they told this kid that the um, he was being trained. They said, hey, take the car. I need you to get up to at least 70. So take it on the highway. And I think that it was um, uh, between Alexandria and, uh, and Arlington, Virginia. And the tech should have said, you know, the speed limit's only 55. Can I put it on the emissions machine or something? He goes, and he didn't. So he ended up taking it like 135. Gets pulled over and he refused. He goes, I'm not giving you my license because my, my boss told me to drive it fast. And the cop's like, I could care less. And this is a little like 110 pound kid yeah. to 200 pound cop. And he gets arrested. And then they called the dealer to come pick up your Mercedes in the side of the road. And he tried suing the dealer. You told me you forced me to drive. And he goes, I said 70, you know, but um, the, the one car they had most security on was when the SLR McLaren mm-hmm. showed up and those are custom built cars. Right. The seats were carbon fiber for your body. Well, the guy that bought it, he had the seat made for his body. By the time it came in, he gained weight, too much weight. So they had to redo a $10,000 seat for him. And so it sat in the lot or in the showroom, protect, protected ribbon. You couldn't cross. And one of the techs goes, um, 
I'm just gonna sit in it. And the sales manager goes, and then you bought it. He goes, it can't be that much. He goes, yeah, I'm gonna mark it up for three hundred seventy thousand for you because I think that was like one ninety nine or something, yeah. you know. Um, but then he let me sit in it. He let somebody else sit in it because he just didn't like that guy. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Um, yeah. But we got in it, and it's a nice car. But yeah, I mean, this this guy. He must have been super skinny when he bought it. Like, uh, whatever happened, you know, right. he was like, oh, yeah, drinking a lot. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, there, there's some, there was a lot of money. There were some S classes that were, you know, $200,000. When uh, Maybach came back, um, those are $300,000, $400,000 cars, yeah. just without too many options. And I was the Maybach parts guy. I took it over for the other guy. And it was one Maybach parts guy, one Maybach tech. One Maybach Bay, because it had to be longer for the the '62, and uh, Snyder from the um, uh, what's his name from the Redskins, the owner, he had one, and I talked to him, and he talked to you like you were a regular person, mm-hmm. like I, like I'm talking to you, and he goes, hey, but when are those parts coming in, I was like yeah yeah wow, and I was like, man, I wonder who that was, and it goes, that was him, and I was like, no, and it had to been like his assistant, and he goes, no, he was probably calling from his car too. Because like it's just how he is. Like he he is a regular person, and at one time he called in, he wanted something added onto it, and of course that's when they had just done the you can't drive on your phone in D.C. and gets pulled over. He goes, got to call you back getting a ticket. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean I, I I miss it, but I'd like to go back, but I just don't trust it. So yeah. But um, that's just us men. That's why we don't live as long as women because we're stupid. Yeah. You know we'll go back to it. So. Yeah. But all right. Glutton for punishment for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right, guys. Uh, That's another episode. Um, We're having a lot of fun. Hoping the audio sounds better. Uh, The last video got messed up. I messed up the file. Um, We're Neanderthals. We're learning. (laughs) Yeah. I dragged my knuckles on the ground and the the camera cut off. So, yeah. But um, we'll be back. But um, yeah. For the Neanderthals, I'm Jose. I'm Jesse. All right, guys. See ya. See ya.